My name is Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks, a show where we talk about thriving at work and in life, no matter if it's our second, third, or fourth act. This program is brought to you by Briefing Notes, a weekly digital newsletter for Gen Xers and late Boomers about working well and living well in our midlife. Check it out and subscribe at thebriefingnotes.com. Hello, my friend. First off, I want to wish you a great 2021. Here's to an altogether better year than the one we just said goodbye to. It just has to get better, right? But here's the thing: as I reflected on my 2020, it hit me that it wasn't all that bad. I know, I know. There were lots of horrible things that happened, and I'm not going to enumerate them here. You and I know what's on that list. What surprised me, though, when I was doing my year-end reflection, was that there were certain things that happened to me, or probably a better way of saying it is that there were certain things that I was forced to do, that I had to do, that ended up being positive, that ended up being things that I actually want to continue doing going forward. Case in point, I found that I experimented a lot last year. I think actually many of us did. The whole year was an exercise of, there's no blueprint for this, so we're just gonna figure things out as we go. And it was hard for sure. But I also found it kind of liberating that there was no blueprint, that we were just experimenting, trying things out, seeing what works. And that spirit of trying things out, trying it on for size, seeing how it might work or not, and if it didn't work, it's okay. We would just adjust. That spirit is definitely something that I want to carry over in 2021, and actually in the future. I just always wanted to be in that kind of mode. So along those lines, I thought I'll try something different for the first episode of 2021. Instead of the usual interview or solo episode here at the podcast, I'll do something I've never done before, which is have a chat—a <laughs> simple back and forth chat with a friend, someone whose sensibilities and work I admire, Dr. Nyla Barry. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show,、uh, you may remember her. She joined me twice last year. Both times, we talked about resilience. Funnily enough, we initially talked about resilient habits in good times, which obviously we recorded prior to the <laughs> pandemic.、Um, and the second time around, just as the world was becoming aware of the magnitude of the issue, and we were all having our deer caught in the headlights moment, I'll put a link to those two episodes in the show notes. But this time around, Nyla and I are talking about our reflections of 2020 and how we are planning. For 2021, we are not coming to you as experts, but rather just you know two women, two midlifers who are just making sense of the year that was and bringing our lessons learned and hopes into 2021. Nyla and I talked about our surprising realizations about a difficult year. Why, in the year when everything became so complicated, we also found some things became simpler. 
we shared the small insights we had about the things we liked about ourselves in 2020 that we want to carry over in the future. And I want to emphasize the word small there. This is not an episode of big aha moments or groundbreaking realizations or profound analysis. Nyla and I talked about the little things that happened in our day-to-day lives in 2020 that provided sort of the like golden nuggets for us personally. And also we talked about how we are planning for 2021, a year that, you know, we have so much hope for and also there's still so much uncertainty in the air. It's funny too, because Nyla and I are so different in how we approach like new year planning. So you're going to hear two different approaches. Dr. Nyla Barry is a leadership and career development coach who focuses on our relationship with work. Nyla co-hosts the Inside Job podcast and teaches at the Columbia University Mailman School of Public Health, Columbia Business School, and Teachers College. I will put a link to the places where you can find Nyla on the show notes for this episode. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with Dr. Nyla Barry, and I'll catch up with you at the back end. Like a lot of people, I'm, I'm kind of in that um, middle point where I'm reflecting on 2020 and trying not to overanalyze and also looking forward and trying to, again, not overplan and not over strategize, but derive some insight, some meaning, some ideas about how, you know, whether or not we're big believers in goal setting and like resolutions and all that stuff. Because I think actually, I feel like the last time I was with you, it was we were planning for the beginning of 2020. This is going to become like a like a regular thing, Nyla. Every <laughs> every year we're gonna start the the season or the year. We're just chatting about these things. Fine. But you you know you mentioned about looking forward. I thought maybe we could start with that, yeah. right? Like because even though we are still in the midst of uncertainty and there's still a lot of things that are up in the air, there are lots of things to be looking forward to. So I thought maybe we could start with just like what are we excited about in 2021? What are you excited about? I think um, I'm gonna have to come at this first from a personal point of view. Hmm. Um, I'm, I know that I'm optimistic and believe that at some point I will be vaccinated. My family will be vaccinated. The thing I'm the most excited about is seeing my sister. Um, who? Where lived. is your sister? She's based in Michigan and uh, she moved there in the fall of 2019. So she had been living in California, but we had developed a routine. And, you know, I'm in the East Coast, I'm in New Jersey, but we'd had a routine where she and her family used to come out for the summer and for Christmas uh, to see our family. So although I didn't see her often, I saw her I knew twice a year. And then in 2019, they moved to Michigan and they made the choice to stay out there for the holidays, both Thanksgiving and Christmas, because they were settling into their new home. And who would have thought those would have been the last couple of times to travel before all this shutdown. So I have not seen my sister in person in more than a year. Mm hmm. Which is not okay. Not only am I so close to her, but I'm really close to her family. And she's got three beautiful children who I love and who are really close to my kids. So the thing I'm the most excited about is like reconnecting with people who I don't see, you know, and and in like meaningful ways. I'm excited about hugging my friends. I'm excited about like, you know, the spontaneous arms around one another as we walk down the street. Like that's what I'm excited for. Those are the things that we kind of take for granted, isn't it? I, I found, especially because, you know, we have we have teenagers, so we're pretty busy with, you know, things that keep us busy. But 
what we would, I would find with my girlfriends who do live close, sometimes we'd say the best thing you can do is call me in the morning and say, do you want to have lunch today? Like be spontaneous. Don't over plan. Because if you say, how about three weeks from now that I'm like, oh, someone's got a band concert and there's a fencing thing. But if you say I could be free in two hours, how about you? There's a good chance I can just dump like cleaning out my pantry to see you. Yes. Yes. That that spontaneity is gone. And I am looking forward to the idea of not being like, who's got the mask? Who's got the hand sanitizer? Because like everything has to be choreographed these days. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so true. I'm going to keep a note of that and make sure that I bring that into my life in 2021. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I actually told you this last year, but there was a major life event that was supposed to have happened to me in 2020 that didn't happen no, because of me. the pandemic. So I was supposed to be moving to the Philippines for the foreseeable future to join my sister and oh. helping her taking care of my mom. That was the thing. Oh my uh, we decided that in 2019... Uh, and then, of course, this thing ha- this thing erupted, yes. and that kind of got put on the shelf. And then initially, it was postponed till the summer, and then postponed till the fall, to like postponed to I don't know when. So I am very much looking forward to that because you know we're gonna make it happen in twenty twenty one. I we just don't know whether it's gonna be spring, summer, <laughs> or fall, yeah. but we're gonna make it happen in twenty twenty one. I'm just really. You know, I really want to spend some time with mom. Mom's getting old. And so I just, you know, so that's what I'm really looking forward to personally. I've had the good fortune of living near my parents pretty Mm -hmm. much my whole life. And what I've often said is like sometimes we underestimate how much of our relationship is built from small moments. You know, like the fact that I'll bump into my father in our local library and (laughs) we'll You know, like, or I'll see my mom at the grocery store or she'll just stop over here on her way home from the grocery store because she knows that the particular apple that my daughter loves was on sale and she bought a whole extra bunch for us. Like those little moments build relationships. And it was hard enough, I think, before the pandemic because we were over engineering big holidays and vacations with my sister. And this is true for intimate friends as much as it is for family. Like we become over dependent on long weekends or holidays. And in fact, there's so much richness in little moments and, and circumstances where we bump into one another, or we can have a casual half hour coffee without having it be like a four course meal. That is a loss of 2020. I'm looking forward to those little things like a quick coffee or a walk through the park. Um, I'm looking forward to having those moments back. Oh my goodness. I don't think that I've thought about it the way that you've mentioned it, but it's true because even even without the pandemic, I think that I've fallen into the habit of over-engineering every single interaction. Like mm. something has to be scheduled. It has to be planned ahead of time. It has know? to be remarkable. Right, right like, exactly. You have to go to the best restaurant where it has like the most amazing wine list. Yeah. Exactly, that kind of thing, right? What's the newest restaurant? That, like what? Oh my goodness. Who cares, right? Yeah, like who now cares? we're like, who cares? Exactly. I'll sit in my front steps with you. It doesn't for, matter. I don't care at all. Yeah. Exactly, right? Right. right? Yeah. What about? I mean, I know 2020 was big for you because you had a podcast launched in the spring. But what about work? What are you looking forward to work-wise in 2021? Well, something that I did this year, like a kind of a win for 2020. I do a lot of individual one-on-one work, which I actually quite love. But I know from my many years working in a business school that there's so much richness in doing things in community. And so I had always mm-hmm. thought, well, you know what I'm going to do one day is I'm going to find this. I have a, actually a friend who owns a farm in upstate New York. And I was like, we're going to host big retreats up at that 
farm. And then, of course, you know, this. So I was like, rip off the Band-Aid. Nyla just hosts some online groups. And I did a bunch of them this year. And they were wonderful. Like, amazing experiences for me as the designer and the facilitator of the groups to get better and better. But also for the people. I think one of the things that everyone, I think, believes around 2020 is, like, you're always teetering on the brink of total isolation of feeling just like so alone, so Mm -hmm. lonely. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I wanted to do was bring groups together to say, listen, whatever it is that you're experiencing, you are not going through this alone, I assure you. And we can help each other get through this. So something I'm thinking about um, for 2021 is how do I bring all the wisdom and insight and learning about having conducted those things online? And how much of that do I want to do in person, you know, into 2021, and even to the future? Um, there's all kinds of complications, of course. Like, it's, I, ironically, there's simplicity in saying, stay home, log on to Zoom. I'm going to send you a PDF. And we're going to meet for two hours. Like, it's painful <laughs> in so many ways. And yet it was so easy to say to people, just sit, sit where you've been sitting for the last four months. <laughs> I'm going to make this easy for you, right? Yeah. So I think what, I, you know, what I'm looking forward to is more experimentation and figuring out you know, what lives well online and what do we need to bring back to being in touch you know because my groups right now i draw people from western canada and texas and uh chicago which of course if i'm hosting in-person things creates new levels of cost and new levels of logistics for people so might the future be a blend of the two i don't know but figuring all that out is something i'm looking forward to next year you know i'm very upset nyla because i didn't even know that you were doing these online Oh Thanks. my goodness! Well, Why Lou, did I, I not know this? Lou, I, I don't know, Lou. Lou, maybe, maybe I need to send you even more email than I already do. Yeah, but you know what? I um, I'm actually running another group later this later in January, so I'll send you the details so you can share it with your people. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that I knew people were hurting, right? Like I was finding, I was hearing friends of mine getting mm-hmm. furloughed or laid off, mm-hmm. um, or just people saying like, all this time at home. You know, I think we, and I'd love to talk to you about how we take wisdom from how we worked at home into the future, because I think we all learned some lessons. But a lot of people I know were like, I'm just aware now that I spend 50, 60 hours in front of my laptop and this is just not my work. Like, I don't want to be doing this. I have to kind of deal with the fact that this is not what I'm called to do. So I said, let's just do something about it. Let's just get together in these groups and work it out and figure out what you should be doing and how you can build some options for yourself. So, you know, I, and it's not like I had this idea like in March or April, like I'm going to turn this ship around and make 2020 awesome. I was just like, listen, people hurt. I know this is ironically, weirdly, this is a field like how to, what happens when work sucks is kind of a thing I know how to deal with. It's like my specialty. So I was like, listen, you know, for better, for worse, um, I have the opportunity to help people think through this. So let's do something about it. And it kind of, you know, this is one of the insights of 2020 for me. It like stripped away all the excuses I'd had about like, yeah, it would be too hard logistically. There'd be too much cost. I don't have large enough a team. I was like, just put a date on the calendar, email 25 people, you know, and say, I'm doing this. There you go. Who wants to come? Um, That was so I think when I think about the future. Something I want to carry with me that was a learning from this year is like, stop, to your point, what you just said, stop over-engineering. Stop making things complicated. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the gifts, if we could call it that, of 2020. Just like, just do it. Just try it. Or like, you know, just see. Isn't it strange that it took such like a massive shutdown of all, of so many things for us to think so simply again, right? And it lets me 
look back and realize how many layers of complication we added to so many things in our lives, right? The funny thing, though, is as you are talking, as we we're talking, I just realized something. In this very weird year, certain things became very simple, and then certain things became very complicated. Yes, right. It's like the opposite ends. Yeah, it is. Now that you say that, it totally is. And I, you know, I think about how different we all are from where we were in March and April. Like March and April, running a house seemed very complicated. Because I had, I was very worried about leaving it, and I remember this whole like, who can deliver milk versus who can deliver <laughs> butter versus who can deliver chicken. You know, it was like this really like it was a this this like we had like a war room in our kitchen around like who was going to deliver what kind of thing we thought we needed desperately to stock up on, and now how much more confident we are about what I'm what I can do, what I'm willing to do, how I'm willing to leave my house, etc. So, yeah. So when you think about 2021 for yourself. Of work-related, um, so 2020 for me was, well, you know, because you're a reader of briefing notes. So 2020 was all about giving birth to that one. So it's mm. it's literally the giving birth process. And so it's just standing it up and launching it. And so mm. what I'm looking forward to 2021 is the equivalent of getting into the toddler phase of briefing <laughs> notes. It's just seeing it grow, letting it walk, and it's, yeah. you know, finding its legs and stuff. So I'm very excited about that. And just seeing expanded readership and and reaching different audiences. And uh, sort of similar to what you were talking about, there were several things that I did in 2020 where if I were doing it in a previous year, I might have been overthinking something or over planning something. Whereas this year, a a lot of it was like, well, you know, let's just try this and see if it works. And if it doesn't, you know... Nothing, nothing bad's going to happen. And so I did a lot of that, I thought, in 2020, as uh, as far as my work in, is concerned, that I think I want to bring over to 2021, just that spirit of, let's just try it, see how it right. works. And if it doesn't, so you'll adjust again. I find it so interesting that, like you, I felt some courageousness in 2021, right? So in a way, it's like the, one of the gifts of stripping away all the complications and layers of of logistical nightmares that we created for ourselves was just to say, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, we were joking before we started recording, we were joking about how I moved into our spare bedroom in the basement. Like I'm in a basement with Mm -hmm. very little, little natural light. And, you know, it's kind of become like my little, my little room of one's own, so to speak. Right. So I'm like, the worst that happens is I retreat to my basement room and have a little sob that like nobody downloaded the podcast or nobody read the newsletter or no one signed up for the group. Like, you know, it's weird how I felt a year ago, I was so much more worried about whether I failed, right? Like whether or not if I tried something as if people were watching in the first place, by the way, that's like a big, it was a big lie in the first place. But 2020 reminded me like everyone's just too busy tending to their own, like, bean storage. Nobody cares about what we're doing, right? exactly. Um, So that's something I want to carry forward to, that sense of, like, listen, everyone's really navel-gazing anyway, like, looking at their own stuff. And you maybe you capture a little bit of their attention and they say yes to you. Maybe they say no to you. Maybe they don't even notice you. So what? Like, just keep going. And, you know, the funny thing is this other thing, we've heard it all the time or before, this thing about... Like everybody's just trying to figure things out. But somehow for me, even though I knew that, it doesn't translate because I look at other people and I look at like, look at them. Like they're so, you know, they know what they're doing and everything that they're putting out there is so perfect and so well thought out and so well planned. 
Whereas this year, it's literally nobody knows <laughs> what they're doing. It's Everybody like the most, <laughs> most massive leveling of the playing field ever. Right. Like, Literally, everybody's just trying things out. So go try. <laughs> totally. You know, and I think it's also like I compare like sometimes, I don't know, there's some expression, I'll never get it quite right. But it's like, stop comparing your worst days to everyone else's highlight yes. reel or something. Right. So, you know, I would go to those big, like, big productive presentations, keynote speakers, panels. And those are moments where you get to like have an eye on someone and say, or or I've been on panels where you're like this, I'm stressed about this. Like this, this feels like the moment where I have to get it totally right. I have 20 minutes to present my work and I have to nail it. Right. Without that, I felt like watching people experiment with podcasting or social media posts or homemade videos or webinars. It was just so it feels like dress rehearsal all the time and that's so much oh more goodness, liberating that is so good dress rehearsal all the time yes <laughs> right so it feel, like took for me as someone who has presented at these conferences and mon panels this is like it's so much more playful to live mm-hmm. this way and it's like so that might be something i want to take forward to 2021 is this attitude of play and this attitude of experimentation and of not like a manufactured vulnerability where you're like, oh, look at me making my millions so casually and hardly know what happened. I just yeah. went to bed and woke up and make them. <laughs> but it's it's more like I'm deliberately playing. I'm deliberately trying. I'm deliberately in, I'm collaborating. I'm making something with you like this conversation itself. Just to say, like, we don't really know. We're just going to get online and talk and see what happens. <laughs> Two people are just trying to make it to 2021, right? <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing, and I don't know what, what your experience has been. So I, every year end, I would sit down, I would review the year, and then plan for 2021. But this year, though, it was funny because as soon as December hit, I felt like I needed to start reviewing the year. I felt like it wasn't going to be enough to just sit down one day and think about all of 2020 because it was just too, it was too much. And I didn't want to miss out on the little things that happened in 2020. So from the beginning of December, I started not like sitting down, but like reflecting a few minutes every day, just like what happened? Um, how did I do there? Or what did I accomplish? Or like, what happened there? Or like, mm. for it's almost like the whole month I was reviewing mm. the year before I finally sat down and did my official sort of uh, planning for 2021. What was your experience like reviewing you know, your year? It's funny, I don't know that I am someone who reviews a year at a time. No um, kidding. I'm not. And I think there's a few factors. One is that, you know, I grew up and I, when I say grew up, I mean until about the age of 40 on an academic calendar, right? Like I spent, I went I went through school and then I never left school and then I kept working on a campus. So I worked in a university setting for almost 20 years. So the beginning of the year and the end of the year is actually September and May. It doesn't feel like, to me, December is holiday. It's not really the end of a year because we still have to go back and have the next semester, which is sometimes felt like an opportunity for like, a fresh start so much more frequently. Um, But it's just kind of messed with my mental sense of calendar. The other thing is like the first, I'm not quite a planner because I'm I'm not a very disciplined person. If I'm honest, I'm really just not. You do not come across that way. That is hilarious. (laughs) That is, I find that hilarious because um, struggle, I like the trying to balance my nature, which is very um, free form and wild against needing to get things done is a 
enormous amount of work for me. And the formative experience for me learning to even think about time and budget and plan was the year that I decided to finally finish my dissertation, which, listen, it took me 13 years to get to that point. All in all, my doctor took me 13 years, which is like a record, right? Like, it's not designed for that. Nobody is happy with that outcome at all, including me. And at the end, so it was probably like year 10 where I was like, I need to be done because it is like, it's like this albatross around my neck, right? And I I don't even know exactly where I got this, but I think I had an idea, it might not be true, that Ben Franklin had created a system for measuring progress an, along a number of domains of his life over periods of time. And I, desi- I decided it was a month. But I basically, I remember I created a, because I don't know how to use technology very well, I used it in my notebook, and I made like a chart for myself. And I had these domains of my life, like the dissertation, my household, the kids, my husband, work, because I still had a full-time job and then health, and then money. And I had these five categories. And I said, every 30 days, I'm going to set a goal, and I'm going to measure how I did on that, that goal. And so I that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that, right? And I did it, most of the driver was the dissertation, like there's all these milestones you have to meet. So I was like, I'm going to use a 30 day at a time plan, because I just can't even conceptualize what a year from now could look like. Um, so I've kept a version of that going, I think about the domains of my life, this time, of, thankfully, there's no dissertation anymore, but there's, you know, work, the family, my health, my other relationships, um, our home and our finances, like the kinds of stuff that the foundation of keeping this life going, my spiritual and mental well-being. And then I give myself 30-day milestones, like I want to accomplish this. And that's all I can do because, and even as I think about 2021, I have begun to think about like the big goals I have in terms of you know, where I want to grow my practice and the partnerships I want to build. But really what I can do is plan 30 days at a time. So like maybe I have some idea of like January, February, March, and that's all I can do. And in a way, bearing in mind what I just said about the principle of play as being a core value for me, I don't want to plan more than that. Like, again, I know I pay some, I know I pay for that, right? But it's so aligned with who I am that it it just feels so much more right to be like, hey, a couple, couple months at a time is good. So looking backwards, I I have those notes in my my day planner, my my journal about like this th- past 30 days that I exercise enough, that I read the books I wanted to read, that I see the friends I wanted to see or have the Zoom dinners I wanted to have. That's how I'm thinking about it. I can't, a year is just too big for me. For my for my feeble mind, I can't do this. It. Is this is it? I I actually I, this is one of the my plans for twenty twenty one or one of the habits that I want to form because so every every month I, I put a I put a little reminder there on my calendar now that every month end I want to jot down the things that I'm proud of or happy happy about that happened because I I have a tendency of just remembering the big events like the big accomplishments. And I forget the little, little things that happen along the way that make me happy, that make me proud of myself. Yes. Well, do you that, know your brain is designed for that? Like, you know, so I, we just, we're actually today is a Tuesday that you and I are recording this and we release our episodes on Tuesday for Inside Job. And this week's episode is about celebrating the wins. There you go. Because. I'm not very good at that. I, well, I celebrate the big wins. Right. Because your brain is designed to, like, you know, Rick Hansen, who's this like, oh, he's a Buddhist neuroscientists. So there's quite a combo that um, I follow and I like quite a bit. And he says, he has this expression, which is the brain is like Velcro for negative memories and like Teflon for positive memories. And for something to stick that's positive, it has to be monumental. Mm-hmm. Birth of a child, finish the dissertation, launch the first newsletter, right? Like it has to have, but 
truly, we're, our lives are built of these moments. That this go, is the thing. Right? To like, your point a few minutes ago, the small moments. Yes. And yet, the littlest frustration, I remember the dang thing. <laughs> Velcro, right? That's your brain is designed because it's like a biological imperative. Like, don't do that again because it feels terrible. It'll probably kill you, right? So you this have to is work the thing. So this hard. is a habit that I wanted to form in 2021. Like I said, I put a little reminder there on the calendar and just every month. And it doesn't have to like, what is, what is joyful? What did I, what was I happy about? What was, you know, what was I proud of? My, I'm, I'm big on this. Like, I want to feel proud of myself yes. kind of thing about this little things that happen. So that's what I'm going to do. But also, um, so I have this little confession. So for, for, for three years now, I've been talking about this book that I read, uh, which is on a, a 90 day cycle planning, basically, is what it is, right? Okay. And so I've been talking about it because I believe in the value of it, but the confession is that I have been very bad at executing it. <laughs> so I talk about the greatness of a 90 day cycle planning or three month cycle, but I still plan like annually, or like I, I still think annually. 2020 uh, just was the big awakening for me or big aha or the brick fell on my head because it was impossible to plan for anything longer than three months or two months even right mm. and so this year that was one of the big things that I that changed in my year-end planning or for the new year is that I deliberately only planned for the first quarter I didn't even think about the mm. second half of the year I have no idea what's gonna happen because we don't know we don't know will I have been vaccinated by then who knows right, right. this is this uncertainty, this period of a lot of questions still up in the air is, I think, forcing me to do some of the habits that I've always been wanting to, to implement and incorporate in my life. I love that. You know, and as you're talking, I'm just like, I feel so much like internal flow with that because it to me and again it's it's my nature like I'm not like a I'm not adventurous and like I jump out of planes like I'm not that kind of adventurous, <laughs> but I don't love structure. You know, I have a very high need for autonomy and mm -hmm. I have a very high need to improvise and to play and to make it up as I go along and to and to be open. That's like a core principle and value. So the reason I don't think I'm a great planner is because I tend to be principles based, not rules based. Like I don't like rules. I like to have orienting principles. And I think about that in my parenting. I think about that in how I run my business. I think about that in terms of how I take care of myself. Like I don't, I don't love to be one of these people. Like I don't love a really strict morning routine. It drives me crazy to even tell myself what to do. I'm like mad at myself if I've told myself what to do. <laughs> I can't handle it. So I like to know that there are orienting principles, guideposts, values, and then to create and to build and to have some freedom. You know, even as you and I are talking about this kind of idea of maybe three months is enough, like I feel so much relief because I don't, I just can't bear the idea that today I know what's going to happen in July, 2021. Like, I don't, I don't love that. I, I know some people feel great relief and comfort in knowing. Um, I, it's not, doesn't suit me. When I sat down to plan for my 2021, I didn't even feel the, this feeling that I used to have this dread that like, oh my God, you don't have any plans for the second half of the year. I used to feel that way, which is so totally opposite from what you were feeling, mm, what mm. you would have been feeling. I used to have this feeling of like, you can't not think about the second half of the year. You have to think about the second half of the year and kind of come up with some broad plans. This time, nothing. I just like yeah. the first directionally, this is where I want the I love year that to word. be. 
Even directionally then, makes me feel so good. I there love you that. go. This is what I came up with. Directionally, this is where I want things to be. But then this is how I'm going to plan my first three months and see how it goes. Because even yeah. that is like, who knows what's going to happen in February. Yeah. You know, and something that comes to mind, like I read um, Tosha Silver's work quite a bit. And she has this principle of like being open to what the universe or the world's going to deliver to you. And if we're too rigidly held by what we want, then we're missing the fact that like, things are going to come our way that might be really great for us. And we're not noticing because we're like, well, it's not in the plan. And I think that, you know, as soon as you started talking about like, I don't know what's going to happen second half of the year, I thought, well, you're not supposed to know right now. Yes. Like something's yeah. going to come across your radar. You're going to meet somebody or a piece of work is going to come your way or an opportunity to build something's going to come your way. And if you are too focused on the 365 day plan, then you're not, your eyes aren't lifted to see what could happen. I was listening to this. Um, I can't remember the, the, there were so many workshops that I attended around the summertime frame. And one of the things that I was attending, they were talking about how this, this, so many people were talking about, oh, big uncertainty, 2020, big uncertainty. And this this guy was saying, it's always been uncertainty. Right. We were just lulled with this idea that we knew what was going to happen or we knew what normal meant. But actually, there was always uncertainty. We always never knew what was going to happen yeah. the next month or the next half of the year or whatever. It's just this thing that happened in 2020 forced us. Wow, I feel that like in my bones. I feel that so I feel that's so true. And that word lulled, like mm-hmm. I have been thinking about that so much this year. I think we were lulled into believing we were in control. Right. I think we were lulled into believing that we could create exactly the circumstances of our own lives. Right. I think we were lulled into thinking we were really important. I think this is the other, like, there is a massive dose of humility, I think, that was delivered to us this year of like we are interdependent and we are all works in progress and we are all figuring it out and i think that is like when i think about a lesson from this year if i'm going to go in that direction that is a big like nyla you are a small creature and you are doing what you can do not believe your own hype like just let yourself learn be curious be open and be gentle. I think this is a big learning for me about this year, you know, and I think that like a lot of people like July, August, I was like, really hard on myself that I couldn't figure out how to be during a pandemic. Like, why am I working so much? Why am I so stressed? I'm so mad at myself that I'm not working out more. I'm so mad at myself that my house is always so messy. And then I was like, what is being a jerk to yourself really doing for you? Not a lot. Exactly. I mean, there was a period of time and I felt pressure like oh i read all these people or you hear about all these people who are all of a sudden baking all kinds of breads and i am not (laughs) baking anything and i'm like what is the matter with me there is something wrong with me this was like it's so silly the sourdough like my friends my sister were all like i have sourdough starter okay I don't eat bread okay i'm gluten-free i don't eat bread and i was mad at myself for not making sourdough starter like, whatever is wrong with me that I'm punishing myself? What's wrong? I can't get through the day. I can't make sourdough starter tonight. Like, I can't believe a whole week went by and I didn't. Uh, what is wrong with me? This is the thing. It was like, first I was mad at myself because I'm not baking or not learning this <laughs> skill. And then I was mad at myself for like, why am I mad at myself? Yeah, like like a I, double do whammy. I even want to bake? I don't even want to bake. <laughs> so 
True. But that is a big insight, right? Like that is like I think so, you know, I live in northern New Jersey and it got cold, right? Like mm-hmm. we had a, a very lovely summer, if I'm honest. Like it was simple, right? So we went oh. to my parents have a beach house. We went to the beach a bunch of times. We had lots of bonfires outside and had drinks with our friends and the kids were biking and skateboarding. It it felt like a simpler summer, right? And then the days got short and it got cold and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like October, November, I was emotionally just hit a wall. I was drained. I was tired. I was sad. And I felt like, I don't know if it was a combination of burnout or just fatigue. I'd had enough. And I had to like sit down with my journal, like hardcore and be like, what is happening to me? And what am I going to do? Because I still have two teenagers in the house who are back and forth to school. It's unclear. Are we in? Are we out? Are we hybriding? I have a partner in my life who I'm trying to support through his transitions at work and his being home 60 hours, 70 hours a week behind his laptop. I'm trying to run my business, support my clients. I have all this stuff going on. And I have to figure out how to be nice to myself through this because my general orientation is like, just buckle down, work harder. Like I'm good at getting stuff done if I put my mind to it. And I was like, Nyla, that's the last thing you need. Like you need some tenderness, some gentleness to yourself. Like it's not going to come from the outside. It has to come from you. That has been a big insight. And I I, kind of, it came to me because I was finding myself so depleted, so tired. I was like, I, I don't think being an a jerk to myself is helping. It's not like pushing myself harder, running myself harder, compounding, like to your point about the baking, compounding your bad feelings by feeling bad about yourself for feeling bad is not helping at all. Like my little nephews call me Nai-Nai. And I was, and I said to myself, okay, Nai-Nai, like treat yourself like you would your six-year-old nephew like what what does he need he needs a hug he needs some love he needs an extra snuggle he needs to be told it's all going to be okay he needs a cookie like it's okay to treat yourself with that same gentleness so if i think about 2021 that is a big theme for me now it's like how do i push myself lead myself grow my business support my kids support my husband from a place of love and generosity and gentleness and not hounding so that's as i think about lessons Moving forward, that's one of them. Was there something that you learned about yourself in 2020 that was a was a big aha for you about yourself? That like, whoa, I'm like this? Mm. Or confirmed mm. what you've always known about yourself? I think the word I'm going to use is remember about myself. I feel like there's a certain point in midlife where we are about remembering ourselves, discovering ourselves, yes, but also remembering ourselves. So for me, um, despite the fact that my nature can be kind of undisciplined and nuts, um, I was well trained to be a hard worker somewhere along, you know, between school and my parentage and my, you know, where I worked for so many formative years of my life, I have been trained to dig deep and work really, really hard. At my core, what I remember about myself is that I'm much more playful by nature. Uh, and I have a deep hunger for the integrated life, you know, that allows me to be a, a intellectual and spiritual and physical being, not just an intellectual being. And I think I have spent many, many, many years leaning on my brain, leaning on my ability to think through problems. And this year has reminded me that I have to experience my life from my head, my heart, and my body. 
and my spirit, not just through my brain. You know, um, I think as you're describing yourself, I think that is what pulls me to you. Like I, as soon as I met you the first time, I'm like, this is a person I want to be around with, talk with, just be in her circle or for her to be in my life. I think that's Aww. why. Well, I feel the same way about you. And I think, I mean, I think like draws like in that way, you know, but that I think is our nature. Like, I think that is who we can be. But many of us are trained and rewarded for being overvalued on one of those things, right? We're either all sentiment and all feeling. And we neglect the fact that we have the capacity to think and rationalize and manage our thoughts. Or we're the other way around, which I think a lot of us who are, you know, I sometimes say I'm like in recovery from academia, like who has spent so much time thinking my way through things. Like I'm, I want to feel things, you know, physically and emotionally and spiritually too. Um, but that to me, like, if I think about you asked the question, like, have I discovered something about myself? And I'd say I remembered something about myself. I don't know. How would you answer that question? I discovered something about myself uh, through the help of someone else, actually. I So I had always known myself to be someone who doesn't get rattled by crisis. So I've proven that about myself in the past. Because my when something happens, when, some, when a crisis happens, I, I immediately sort of go into this step back mode and I disassociate myself emotionally from what's happening. And, and really, it's a defense mechanism for me, an emotional defense mechanism. Mm. But it allowed me to be more objective about the thing that's happening because I put it at arm's length. So I've always known that about myself, but I wouldn't have said that I fared well with uncertainty or prolonged uncertainty. I didn't understand that about myself until this year. Hmm. And the person that actually helped me figure that out was, uh, you know, her Tara McMullen. Hmm. She invited me to her podcast in the summer and the theme was about dealing with uncertainty. And I told her, Tara, are you sure you want to invite me about talking about uncertainty? Because do I know anything about this? And she said, Oh my God, Lou, yes. So I said, okay, I'm game. Yeah. Let's see. So I showed up and I literally, I swear to God, Nyla, I'm hearing myself like afterwards when the episode got released, I felt like I heard myself realize in the tone of my voice through the interview, I got to the point where I, I, I saw that about myself, <gasps> that I actually... I'm actually pretty good at managing uncertainty. I would have never thought this about myself. I love that. I mean, first of all, I believe it. And second of all, I love that moment of seeing yourself like that. I mean, what a gift to discover yourself. Because again, it's not like so much that it wasn't there. It's just that you saw it for the first time, right? And that's maybe like another way of saying similar to what I'm saying around remembering. It's like, Finally, you can clear away all those cobwebs and dust and the impressions you have that you're supposed to be like something else and then see yourself and be like, that's not bad. Like, that's that's pretty okay. In fact, it might be really good, right? And But, you know, I wonder if how that would have happened if you had been busy in the conventional ways that we were busy before. Yes, exactly. Or if I was like... Uh, saying no to things because by the summertime it was like okay fine I'll just try anything. Yeah, like you got me all right I'll right. say yes to anything yeah, at this exactly. point yeah. yeah but like but a year before I might have said no because I might have felt like this is not my thing I don't have anything to say yeah. I have to be well prepared for this thing but yeah so all those combinations of things allowed me to to get there so these are things we love about ourselves right yes. you know, that is so yeah 
Well, you know what? And I'm so, I mean, listen, I read somewhere just yesterday, I read something that said like one day, 10 years from now, you're going to put your hand in a coat pocket and find a mask and say, oh my God, remember that year when we had to wear masks all the time, right? And I think what I love about what you and I are doing right now is like not waiting 10 years to figure out what we might have learned. And listen, I'm willing to bet 10 years from now, I'll look back at 2020 and say, you know, there's more there than I even thought, or it's a slightly different take on an insight, but I'm glad we're doing it now. You know, I don't want to participate in over analyzing in the same way we don't want to over engineer, right? Um, But we would be, I think, kidding ourselves if we didn't say something has shifted in us, not just the world, but like we are, and I don't want to come out of this the same way I came into this. This truly. is the thing. These th- there are there are things we discovered, learned about ourselves, learned about the people we love, learned about the things that we do that um, we wanna hold on to and keep and just apply and be part of our lives yes. going forward. So yeah. it's not all bad. It's not it was, it it's was not, not all bad. And I'll and I'll say this one thing in closing, you know, I think about like you and I, this is our third time recording together. And you and I have never met in person. Exactly. Right? And I think that um, if you had said to me a couple of years ago, you're going to meet these people who share your values and share your curiosities and who want to build ideas and conversations, and you're going to meet them online, and you're going to become friends through Instagram and Zoom, I would have been like, ha, 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 that's hilarious. Like, what is that? Oddly, this year, although we are alone, like, it's not been a a lonely year in that way. Like there have been so many opportunities to meet people who are willing to engage in the kinds of conversations I want to have. Yeah. And I may not have had time for those. Two years ago, I would have been like zipping around going to meetings about kids sports or commuting to jobs. And I would have been like, I have no time to do that. And now I'm so glad I do. Well, you know, speaking of things that we want to carry over to 2021 in the future, certainly my friendship with you Nyla, I want to carry over and here's to more chats with you and more sharing and more collaborations and just a, you know, brilliant year for the both of us. Yes, I wish the same for you and for anyone listening to this conversation. Yes. I hope you found this episode useful in some ways as you think about your 2021. You can find Nyla and I actually both on Instagram. So if you have any thoughts or comments on this episode, be sure to drop us a note on Instagram. For all the links and highlights of this episode, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to Second Breaks in general, please share it with one of your friends. You spreading the word about the show helps tremendously, and I would be so grateful. Now, the show is officially on a break as we are in development of Season 6, which is going to start in about a couple of weeks. And the theme of Season 6 is reimagining ourselves, so just in time for the new year. I'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk more about the next season. In the meanwhile, now is a good time to hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed yet to the podcast uh, so as not to miss Season 6 and all future episodes. Okie dokie, I'll be back in a couple weeks. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on making your dent, my friend. Cool beans. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Seriously, you are. 
I love having met this sister of mine. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to come down to wherever you're going to be living, whether it's Florida or the or the Philippines. <laughs>